Welcome to Hacking Everything, the cultures and politics of hackers and software workers. This podcast invites researchers who study what it is to be a hacker or software engineer and what it means to hack technical, individual, state or corporate powers. We'll think through what the hack means and what hacking does to all of us. This is the second edition of this series where we turned a regular old academic conference panel into a podcast. What conference then, you ask? This episode was recorded live at the European Association for the Study of Science and Technology conference in Madrid on the 7th of July 2022. So stay with us as your hosts, Paula Bialski, Marce Oyala and Andras Bishov, as we throw out the PowerPoints and turn on the microphones and take you to the world of hacking. Okay, so in this session, we welcome Annika Richterich from Maastricht University in a talk titled Chaos Reigns, Data Minimalism and the Technopolitics of Digital Disengagement. As a little bit of an introduction, hackers techno, uh, hackers techno political activism tend to be neglected in public debate. Partly since hacking is often equated with cybercrime. Yet civic hacking communities have shown a long-standing dedication to activism relevant to public interests and technopolitics. Now, Annika's discussion today is about how the Chaos Computer Club, a German hacker association, engaged in health data activism during the first two years of the COVID-19 pandemic. Her paper, Our talk today lends further weight to the importance of civic technology expertise and engagement, especially during public health crises, when tech solutionist approaches are being promoted by appealing to the hope of them contributing to the greater good. So welcome, Annika. Thank you for being here. Yeah, Annika, for, for many people, the term uh, hacking uh, is linked to all things digital. And uh, you're working on hacktivism, which uh, Tim Jordan and others describe broadly as uh, activism gone electronic. Um, don't hacking and hacktivism presuppose an engagement with digital technology? Uh, so how does digital disengagement fit into that line? Yeah, thank you so much, first of all, for the lovely introduction. I'm wildly nervous, so that really helped. Um, so, but to come back to your question, let me start by saying hacking does not by default involve digital technology. You only have to think of the classic MIT hacks, you know, mm. um, police car up the Great Dome, etc. cetera. Mm. Um, and especially old school hackers, or not only old school hackers, um, emphasize that the core of hacking is actually social engineering. Um, all that said, it is ultimately true, practically speaking, that um, hackers and hacktivists um, tend to engage with digital technology and uh, they have high levels of technological expertise and they have insights into the inner workings of technology. And it is also true that hackers um, embraced especially early internet technology and um, early digital technologies more generally, which were less corporate Uh, you could say, than the web technologies and apps that we see today. At the same time, it is exactly because of their expertise, because of these insights into the inner workings of tech, mm. that they're skeptic of certain devices and platforms and that they reject using them. And mm. not only that because of these insights they reject using them themselves, but they also call on others and warn others 
not to fall for certain apps and devices. And what I want to do in my talk is to frame such informed and deliberate non-use as a form of digital disengagement. So if you say non-use, often people think like, you know, there's this person, they can't use the app or they don't have access to it, economic reasons, they don't know how to do it, so they don't. And we don't that often frame this actually as a political practice and something that is very deliberately done as well. And that's what I want to do um, yeah, with my research as well to remind us that um, the kind of digital disengagement that we see in hacker communities is actually tech politically motivated and in non-use and digital disengagement hackers aim to have a say in how technology relates to the values and social dynamics that they support. Um, so in that way, they intervene basically in technopolitics mm. and um, they scrutinize and question digital technology and hacktivism that encourages digital disengagement is one way of co-shaping such technopolitics. So in short, based on their critical examination of digital technology, hackers may well come to the conclusion that it's better not to take this any further, but to disengage and refrain from using respective platforms or devices. Okay. I, I guess, Annika, I also, you know me, I like getting uh, our speakers to paint a little bit of an empirical picture of the world that you've entered. So can you tell us where have you, what are your arguments based on in, in terms of empirically? Paint that world for us. Yeah, yeah, sure. So um, my, like, my talk today is mainly based on a case study of the Chaos Computer Club, um, the German Hacker Association, as you said already, with offshoots also in Austria and Switzerland. And I specifically looked at the hacktivism they engaged in during the first two years of the COVID pandemic. Um, it seems safe to say, and I think we also heard that nicely in Maya's talk before, that um, in 2020, technological solutionism was flourishing in Germany, but also elsewhere. So with vaccine development still underway, um, people were desperate to find other ways of going back to normal, as mm. the kind of was said, right? And among the um, technologies that were praised as a way of doing so um, were, for example, um, contact tracing apps. And the CCC scrutinized contact tracing apps, but also other uh, corona listed lists kind of mm. um, that were published, um, that were um, kind of taken by, I have to do this again. Um, sure. So among the technologies that were praised as a way of doing so by companies and governments alike were, for example, contact tracing apps. The CCC scrutinized these and other technologies that were promoted as potential or as solutions to the pandemic, and they often came to the conclusion that these technologies were far from being effective, so that they were basically not really a solution to the problem that they um, that they stated to be, but at the same time, they were also often technically badly done, um, infringing not only on users' rights and privacy, but also on kind of basic uh, copyright. Uh, to illustrate this a bit, because you said like paint a picture. Um, so in March 2021, for example, uh, members of the CCC took a closer look at the, it's called Safe Play end-to-end um, -end service, um, which is basically kind of, it was advertised as an all-around solution for you go somewhere, um, get tested for COVID, and then you access your certificate online so you can travel ETC, ETC. But what happened was that the CCC team figured after having visited an affiliated test center that you could also access um, other people's test results just by modifying the URL. So basically your test would be kind of assigned a number and 
basically, if you can count, you can access other people's results, oh, which is what that. they did. Oh, man, I should have known that. And really? they found 130,000 uh, test results were basically out in the open and a couple of other things, and about 80,000 um, people were affected by that. So which is also, I think, speaks to this point of social engineering, right? Like, it's more about thinking about, like, how did they, I just got a link, so could that mean that, oh, yes, it does mean that it's all available. Mm. Um, uh, but also, and I think it was interesting that Maya also talked about the Luca app, the CCC basically said there's so many flaws, vulnerabilities and irregularities here, also in how the app is financed with public money without prior technical checks, uh, that they basically called for an immediate shutdown. So sadly, this app is still up and running, but um, yeah, Basically, spokesman, uh, CCC spokesman Linus Neumann put it already back then, like, don't fall for this digital promise of salvation. And maybe also to just, to say beyond my own work, right, this is not just kind of me observing this in this one case study. I think that we can also see in related literature, this is not just something that's characteristic for the CCC, but um, you can also see that in other um, hacker collectives that are comparatively uh, politically motivated. So, for example, Maxigas has published some really interesting research on how non-use can be political, also in opening up new pathways for innovation. And Sophie Tupin's research on feminist hacker spaces also shows really nicely how political values interact with technological choices, including non-use. And more generally, like, you know, also my research draws on um, others' work on digital disengagement, for example, and particularly Sally Wyatt's and Adi Kunzman's work, um, as well as others. Um, and basically, like, drawing my case study and relating that to the work of others, I argue that in assessing digital technology, hackers may come to the conclusion that less digital may be more effective and that low-tech or even no-tech options can be preferable. So this is uh, where the data minimalism comes in. Uh, how does such minimalism link to the technopolitics and the digital disengagement? Yeah, exactly. So one of the observations that the CCC hackers made was that many issues and vulnerabilities could be avoided if it weren't for providers trying to collect more data than needed, store them for longer than needed, and to reuse them for wider purposes than specified, right? So you might almost think trying to make money with people's personal sensitive data is a bad idea, but let's not go there. Um, or maybe we will later. So anyway, in their press releases, expert reports, interviews, and other public documents, um, I found that data minimalism is a recurring theme. So data minimalism, sometimes I looked often at German language sources. It's sometimes referred to as data frugality as well. Um, basically implies that you only collect as much data as needed and you get rid of those data once they're not needed any longer. It's closely connected to ideas of privacy by design. And I argue that data minimalism is a main principle guiding the CCC's hacktivism. It's tech political aims and also the kind of innovation it endorses. It is also linked to digital disengagement, I would say, since the CCC advises caution, including non-use, um, when it comes to digital technologies that are privacy invasive, for example. And during the COVID crisis, the CCC advised, for example, restaurant owners um, who were using a kind of cloud-based system for uploading data from customers for contact tracing as well. They basically advised them uh, that these are not only kind of 
privacy sensitive and that there's vulnerabilities and problems, but that they're also not as effective as a simple pen and paper system. So they're basically, they also said, like, limit the collection of sensitive data by taking a step back and don't fall for the promises also of kind of um, someone advertising you this system, you need this to do contact tracing because you actually don't. Mm -hmm. And pen and paper in this case might be safer but also more effective than anything else that you've been advertised. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to now maybe get step into the shoes of my own students. I teach at a very business businessy university and they would say, hey, but like why stifle innovation? Why What's wrong with technological solutionism? I'm totally playing devil's advocate here, but what do you think, wh what would you say to these uh, listeners or some of these students who say, how could these hackers really try to limit innovation and go back to the analog, go back to pen and paper or whatever? Yeah, yeah. I think it's a really interesting question because some of us or some people, like your students maybe, they like to think of technological success as a kind of survival of the fittest. That depending on who you ask, for example, the market makes sure that the best technology wins. Uh, but that is just not true. Um, and, and, for example, grateful for media archaeologists to remind us from time to time, right? And um, we look at a digital ecosystem today with firmly established corporate players and governments that tend to control comparatively little technological expertise, or like maybe what Maya said, they just, they have the expertise, but they don't want to listen. Um, and, well, comparatively little technology, technology expertise and digital resources. Therefore, the kind of technology that ends up being successful in a mainstream economic sense are the platforms and devices by already powerful and or persuasive uh, corporate players. Hacktivists promote, among other things, digital disengagement, low-tech and digital minimalism, also in an attempt at breaking innovation out of that pattern. So this is not about stifling innovation, but this is about leading innovation in a direction that's more aligned with the values and politics that hackers support. So I've been called an optimist very often with regards to these matters. So it's, let's just say it is up for discussion uh, how much of a difference such hacktivism actually makes. As I said, like Luca apps still running, etc. But um, we'll see. But also, questions of impact aside, the hacktivism that I and others have observed should not be seen as a form of engagement with digital technology or disengagement that means to halt innovation. On the contrary, digital disengagement and calls for data minimalism are attempts at pushing innovation in a direction that aligns with hackers' vision for more responsible and civic rights-preserving technologies. So kind of put it into uh, kind of very, very simple terms. You're really arguing here that, hey, we have to rethink what a hacker, what hacking is into something that doesn't always have to do with building up a bunch of technology. How would the work that you're doing give us a bit of a different understanding for what hacking is and what the hacker is? Just to summarize. Yeah. I think you can say that in some cases hackers will refrain from accepting certain technology in use Got and it. they will themselves contribute possibly also to developing technology that is better in terms of aligning better with um, certain values or like in, with certain principles such as privacy by design. Um, so they will also try to avoid that certain paths of innovation as far as possible are taken any further. Great. Wonderful. Thank you, Annika. Thank you so much for your wonderful talk. I'm Thank really you so learned much a lot. for Thank having you. me. This episode was produced by Paolo Bialski, Marce Oyala, and Andreas Bishop, and recorded live at the European Association for the Study of Science and Technology conference in Madrid on July the 7th, 2022.
2022. Sound editing and music was done by Heights Beats at Hot Milk Productions, with special funding from the Chemnitz University of Technology. Special thank you to all the panelists and audience members of our Hacking Everything panel at this year's East 2022 conference.